when we tell you why this is the number one fantasy football podcast you need to listen to for the best fantasy football advice. And you'll probably have the most fucking fun, to be honest with you too, man. We're not going to make you mouse this shit up. We're going to keep it real. We're going to talk to you like regular motherfuckers. We're not going to be talking all like corporate sponsorship. Yes, guys. Well, guys, look at this. I can uh, fucking flick my pencil across the room. Ha ha. Yeah, fuck you. No, we don't do that shit. No, moving on. Welcome to The Flex. Now broadcasting from the Fantasy Sports Studios, here are your hosts of the flagship podcast, Chris Jakes and Jeff Kelly. Welcome to the Flex Fantasy Football Podcast. We are in it, man. We are in it. Down to the Final Four Championship Sunday. This upcoming Sunday. Chris Jakes, no Jeff Kelly today. That flu is going around, guys. And uh, we are not immune to that. I'm dealing with it myself. But this week, we got a full slate of shows for you. We're going to recap the AFC and NFC Divisional Round Playoff matchups. We're going to preview Championship Sunday. Also, we're going to close out the 2017 fantasy football season once and for all today. That's going to end today, guys. Be on the lookout for the Dynasty Format episode we're going to release. It's the Dynasty League that I have created for the Flex Fantasy Football Podcast on behalf of FantasySportsStudios.com. We're going to get into that format. It's a salary cap league. It's a Dynasty League. It's PPR. A lot of cool shit in there. We're going to break it down for you. You guys are going to absolutely freaking love it, man. It's freaking tops. The best fantasy game out there today, hands down, bar none. Anyways, before we get into the show today, guys, just want to say, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you guys listen to the show, man. We greatly appreciate it. Send all your questions to theflex at fantasysportstudios.com. Submit mailbag questions, whether it be fantasy-related or just bullshit, to questions at fantasysportstudios.com. All right, guys, let's get into it. So there's a few things I want to hit on today. Bunch of things are on my mind, man, that I have a lot of takeaways for. And let's start off with this one right here. When they do that kind of stuff. 10 seconds to go. 24-23 Saints. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No. It's going to be 48 and Grizzly, and we're bringing a purple rain. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Case Keenum to Stephon Diggs. 61-yard game-winning touchdown, a walk-off. Absolute shame. The NFL still dragged that shit out, man. Had them return to the field to kick the extra point there. Just ridiculous. But, man, what a game. What a play. Great finish. Drew Brees. Converting that fourth down to fourth downs on that final drive to put the Saints on top. Man, what a game. What a game. Best game of the playoffs, bar none. And that clip was courtesy of KFAN 100.3 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So that leaves us with Case Keenum, Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, 
and Tom Brady as the remaining four quarterbacks left in the NFL playoffs. Unbelievable. What the fuck happened? I have no idea, but man, that's crazy to me. Who the hell would have guessed these quarterbacks, aside from Brady, will be the last one standing for the 2017 NFL season? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the Jacksonville Jaguars pulled off the greatest upset, I believe, of the weekend. And that's going to bring us to this. Nostradamus. Thank you very much, sir. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Or Nostral Dumbass. You dumb asshole. All right, so Mike Mitchell, safety of the Pittsburgh Steelers, told Sports Illustrated, we're going to play the Patriots again. We can play them in hell. We can play them in Haiti. We can play them in New England. We're going to win. Unquote. That's pretty damn funny to me. Funny to me, man, that he just looked too far ahead. Did not take the Jacksonville Jaguars seriously. Looked too far ahead. Le'Veon Bell kind of in that same boat saying he's got two round twos and all that. A little too much overconfidence there, buddy. But I got to say, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love what Mike Mitchell and Le'Veon Bell did heading up to that Jacksonville game, man. That was just unbelievable. They gave that team so much motivation. And now that's going to lead us to our viral video of the week because this is just too good not to get to. Thank you, Mike Mitchell, Le'Veon Bell. Thank you guys for this. Viral video of the week. sweet is that i love to see shit like that unbelievable man that was a great rant thank you nice buddy who is uh, kindly enough to videotape that for the masses the jacksonville jaguars just went up to pittsburgh kicked the bully in the nuts stole his lunch money curb stomped his ass and caused major depression just great nothing better absolutely fantastic and let's get to a little fantasy recap. Fantasy recap. And how about a little bed shitters and home run hitters on this one? Bed shitters. <laughs> and home run hitters. All right, bed shitters, home run hitters. And we're going to stick with the Pittsburgh Steelers here on this one. When we did the playoff preview, when we were setting you guys up for the NFL Fantasy Football Playoff Challenge, I told Jeff I wanted Leonard Fournette as my running back throughout the NFL NFL playoffs because I thought Jacksonville was going to make a run in this postseason. And sure as hell enough, I was correct. Uh, Kevin Price also was on the show, and uh, he correctly called this game as well for Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette was obviously a huge part of that. Over 100 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Great performance by him. Very clutch right there. Running through the rest of the bed shitters and home run hitters, we'll continue with the bed shitters right now. You got Brandon Cooks, just disappointing. Terrible, just absolutely disappointing. Derrick Henry, the same. His teammate, Rashard Matthews. Nelson Aguilar, Marquise Lee, Didi Westbrook, Mark Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, all just pretty disappointing in the AFC and NFC divisional round games. How about some home run hitters to get to real quick? Big Ben, despite the loss, Over 460 yards, five touchdown passes, 
that's pretty impressive, especially against that Jacksonville defense. I don't care if they had to throw it as many times as they did. That was still impressive to see. Tom Brady finally bounced back, had a decent game, three touchdowns over 300 yards. James White found the end zone twice. Deion Lewis, good game for you as well, especially well, PPR had a good game. Let's get that right. Nine for 79 catching. Danny Amendola over 100 yards receiving on 10 catches. Solid there. Gronk did his thing. Leonard Fournette, we already hit on. He, did, he had a great job. Great game in that one. TJ Yeldon even came in and played well. 16 fantasy points at PPR for TJ Yeldon. Antonio Brown made some unbelievable plays against Jacksonville. He was great in this one. Martavis Bryant showed up in this one as well. Also had some big plays. Michael Thomas played well for the Saints. Alvin Kamara played well in the second half. And of course, you got Stephon Diggs, who just unbelievable finish. I still can't get over that. So exciting. What a great win for Minnesota. And I feel so bad for the New Orleans Saints. And I'll be honest, I was pulling for the Saints to win that because I desperately wanted to see a Tom Brady v. Drew Brees Super Bowl. And now I'm going to be stuck with one of these assholes who filled in late in the season or Case Keenum. So, sucks. And before we get to the game, actual recaps themselves, I just feel so bad for Marcus Williams. Get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. Yeah. Well, his teammates probably feel that way right now. Because, man, that was the ugliest looking dive I've ever seen in my life. It's game time. All right. So the Eagles take care of business at home against the Atlanta Falcons. 15 to 10. Not much offense in that one. Kind of a boring ass game to watch, to be honest. Really not much to take away from this one other than Devontae Freeman looks awful in the running game. Julio sucks in the red zone, and Philly's defense is pretty damn good. The Pats whooped the Titans like Grandma did when you spit on her kitchen floor. It was a savage beatdown, especially in that second half. The Pats set a team record with nine sacks, and their defense looked pretty good as a whole, as a solid unit there. The nine sacks, though, that's just that just came out of nowhere because they have had no pass rush whatsoever all season, and they they just set a franchise record like that. A little fluky to me, a little fluky. We'll see how it holds up next week against Jacksonville. And uh, the Jaguars, like we said, are responsible for several suicides Sunday afternoon after their takedown of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Vikings had a comeback that's only rivaled by '80s themed television shows in the past year. And uh, seriously, real quick on that though. What's the infatuation with the 80s lately? I don't get it at all, man. What the fuck? I like the show Stranger Things, but in the 80s, Americans looked more fucked than a shaved Chewbacca. The 80s were so gay, it's practically the fucking handbook for flamers and cock tamers. The poofy hair, you got men wearing cut-off jean shorts, they had gay dance-offs, the bright-colored shit everywhere, fucking glasses with, like, bars going across. I don't know what the hell the purpose was of that. Wearing sunglasses at night. What the hell? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if in mainstream society, they look fondly upon the 80s for reasons I'll never friggin' understand. But that's just a bunch of sheep following a pack of other sheep that can't effing think for themselves because the 80s suck. They suck. The music sucked. Well, there was some good rock music, but there was some shitty music, man. A lot of techno shit that, that has definitely made a comeback today. I mean, I have a 12-year-old who listens to shit that I have. I don't get it all, man. Some, I don't know, man. It feels like I'm 
maybe I am getting old, old grandpa style now, and I'm not that old, but my goodness, I just do not get some of that shit music kids listen to today. So yes, I sound like the old guy here. Oh well. But if you like the 80s, please email the show at theflex at fantasysportstudios.com. Again, that's theflex at fantasysportstudios.com. And please explain to me why. Please. All right, let's get to a quick light fantasy preview of Championship Sunday. Real quick, though. Fantasy voice of God, what'd you think about the 1980s? Yeah. More fucked or effed up than Tara Reed's titties. Those things look like sliced pepperoni carved into a figure eight. Gives new meaning to the term crazy eights. Tom Brady used to bang the shit out of her. Crazy eights and all. That's right. It's a nice little moment in history. Thank you. Never forget. Fantasy Preview. All right, here we go with the Fantasy Preview Light Championship Sunday. Here we go. The early Fantasy Preview for Championship Sunday. And let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New England Patriots. Patriots favored by nine in this one. Path to victory, key players for Jacksonville. Blake Bortles, he's going to need to improve on his accuracy. I do expect the Pats will game plan on stopping Leonard Fournette. And the Jags have the components to apply the formula that we know can defeat the Patriots. We've seen the Giants do it twice in big games, obviously, in the Super Bowl. The defense needs to get to Brady early, and they need to get to him often. And I think they will get to him early, that's for sure. For the Pats side of the ball, the offensive line needs to play as well as they did against Tennessee. They have the best offensive line coach in the game, maybe even ever, in Dante Scarnecchia. He's going to need to coach his ass off if they're going to move that ball on offense against that stingy defense. Although they weren't too stingy against Pittsburgh last week. Fortunately for the Pats, though, they have two weapons that I do not believe Jacksonville will have an answer for. Deion Lewis and Rob Gronkowski. Lewis has shown time and again to be one of the best running backs in the league since week eight. Dude's been on fire, man. You can't just keep ignoring him. He's just really put it all together. Averaging over 22 points per game now in fantasy. Pretty unbelievable since week eight. This game will be close in the first half, I do believe. But in the second half, I expect Deion Lewis and the Gronk to show up big in this one. And I expect the Pats to win. I think the final is going to be around 31-17. Although I think it's going to be very close in the first half. Philly and Minnesota. Minnesota favored by three and a half. Well, that's just it, guys. This past week, the Vikings Saints, that, that was your NFC championship right there. The Eagles, Nick Foles stood tall at the podium, and he took offense about being home underdogs to Atlanta last weekend. But man, he's about to be knocked down just a few pegs here because this game will fall on Foles' shoulders, and I don't think he's got the ability to push the ball downfield against that Minnesota defense. If Breeze had str- trouble doing it, you know Foles is going to struggle like a son of a bitch. The Eagles' run game is already in trouble, so... Man, it's going to be tough, but the path to victory, keys to the game for them. Philly's only hope, only hope, is to feel a Garrett Blunt and just hope that he can gain four to five yards on first downs early and often. I mean, they're just to help them make a, the field a little smaller, you know, and just keep that the chains going if they, if they can at all. I don't think they really can, but we'll see. I mean, they're better off leaving Jay Ajayi's ass on the sideline and enjoying some tea and crumpets because let's be honest, this season, like I said in the preseason, has shown that the Brit is shit. There'll be more on Jay Ajayi later in the show. Well, on next episode, actually, when we get down to the 
predictions. For Minnesota, this is a season that Case Keenum will never forget. I mean, how great is that Case Keenum story? If you are Case Keenum right now, you are loving life, and you don't want the season to end. Went from backup quarterback to a to NFC Championship at home with home field advantage. And Minnesota's going to be the first team, man, to have home field advantage in the Super Bowl. It's going to be crazy. The path to victory for Minnesota, I think it's a pretty clear-cut, easy path here. Minnesota's defense should not have a problem stopping the Eagles' offense. Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph will be the guys to lead the Vikings to a W in this one on offense. And effing crazy, man. Minnesota's going to have home field advantage in the Super Bowl. Just wow. Game picks. Minnesota takes this one at home. 23-13. The Flex Fantasy Football Podcast Fantasy Awards. The Golden Brobes and the Golden Sacks. All right, guys, it's time for the 2017 The Flex Fantasy Football Podcast Fantasy Football Awards. Here we go. Let's run it down. Jeff and I came up with the nominations. We had our votes. Kevin Price and Will Lansgaard put up their votes. Big Worm also tied up his votes as well. And we left the remaining votes up to you guys through several different poll questions, distributed through several different outlets. Here are the results. The shocker, surprise performer, Alex Smith. Alex Smith comes in as the surprise performer of 2017. No surprise there for him winning that award. So let's keep going on here. The Superman, the ADP hero, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, the ADP between rounds 9 and 10 in fantasy football drafts. Excellent season for him. Finishing as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. The thin red line. Most disappointing red zone player, Julio Jones. Julio Jones finishes with just three touchdowns all season. Very disappointing. Man, that sucked. Really big disappointment for Julio Jones. The Tiger Woods Back Nine Award. Get off my lawn, Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates, the old man on the back nine of his career. I'm surprised he's coming back for another season in 2018, or at least he wants to come back, and I'm sure the Chargers will welcome him back with open arms. But yeah, he's the old man, get off my lawn player right there. No doubt about it. The Amish ass, the workhorse, carrying the load. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, 321 carries, let alone 85 receptions. So this touches over 400 to give him 406 for the season. That is a damn workhorse, man. They worked him like unbelievably much, man. I don't expect that to continue next year. We've seen that with Jamal Anderson and Terrell Davis in, in their prime years. They were never the same player following that big workload season. I'd be a little wary about Le'Veon Bell. Heard it here first. The Woody Harrelson. Biggest dick in fantasy, and I don't mean that in a biological sense, Martavius Bryant. Yes, biggest dick by far. Biggest letdown. Then he demands a trade. And then all of a sudden the playoffs, last couple weeks he's played pretty well. But uh, yeah, no, definitely a dick. No doubt about it. The Busted Nut. Bust of the year. Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. Once Aaron Rodgers went down, so did Jordy Nelson's play. Just went down in flames. 
I'm a little worried about Nelson. He's getting older, longer in the tooth. He's not going to be drafted until at least round four, I would imagine, going into next season if he returns to the Packers, if they don't cut him. Interesting situation to keep your eye on there. See what they do, because he might be a cap casualty. The Dante's Peak performer likely completed their career best season, Marvin Jones Jr. Marvin Jones, career year for him, finishes as wide receiver number 13. I don't think he's ever going to finish that high among wide receivers. A lot of injuries this year. I think it was just kind of a product of that. He's had a great season, don't get me wrong. I just don't see him finishing as a top 13 wide receiver ever again for his career. The big baller, smooth as eggs, rising star, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz got them smooth, big balls. Just flash them around on display. He looks like a stud. It looks like he's going to be the next great quarterback in the NFL. The Fast and Furious. Best defensive team, Jacksonville Jaguars. No doubt about it. Unbelievable year for them. Fantasy and reality. Just great defense. The Bad News Bears. Most disappointing NFL team, New York Giants. Yes, another team. Just disappointment. Filled with disappointment. The New York Giants. Just ugly. The hard hat lunch pill, Mr. Consistency, DeAndre Hopkins. No matter who the hell was throwing him the ball, he was producing for your fantasy team. He was so consistent, so dominant. Love, love DeAndre Hopkins, a.k.a. Ashy Penis. Hashtag never forget. The Joe Cool Fantasy Playoff Hero, Todd Gurley. No doubt about that. If you were in the fantasy playoffs and you had talk early, 99% sure that you won your league. Congratulations. The Rocky Balsboa Most Intriguing Player of the Year, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson feels like it was short-lived. We only got a small sample size, but in that sample size, he looked legit. Dude's got some balls, went up to Seattle, just threw all over that defense, and that was that's when that defense was still thought to be pretty damn good. Definitely intrigued by Deshaun Watson. The Shawshank Redemption. Comeback Player of the Year, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, once again, Comeback Player of the Year. I don't know what the hell changed because two seasons ago, he had a little quarterback carousel going on in Houston, and he had really struggled to put up numbers. And this year, pretty much the same thing. But he tore it up. I don't know what the hell happened, but man, just unbelievable. The Afro Doe Baggins Sack. Most frustrating player, the Little Hobbit Sack, Jordan Howard. The Afro Frodo, Jordan Howard. So frustrating. You never knew when to play this guy because he was so inconsistent. One week he'd get you a buck 47, the next week he'd get you about seven. So frustrating to own him. So frustrating. The Alien Resurrection. Player resembling something out of this world, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara does look like a damn alien, I gotta say. A Bronx Tale, the Daily Fantasy Football Value Player of the Year, Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis, very cheap option in Daily Fantasy Football this year. And like we keep touching on, touching base on here, he averaged over 22 points the second half of the season. Unbelievable. The Top Gun, Daily Fantasy Football Player of the Year, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, hands down, has to be my top gun. Number one, 
DFS Player of the Year. Consistency. He's also had some huge games. Just unbelievable. The Crying Game. Weirdest, most bizarre moment. Jameis Winston. Eating imaginary W's. Yeah, what the fuck was Jameis Winston doing eating those W's? He didn't eat too many of them this season. But he just, you look in his eyes, I mean, his eyes are all bugged out. He looks like a psychopath. He looks like a dude that would just commit like some serious crimes down the road. He's the kind of guy you're going to read about like Ray Carruth. You're going to find him in a trunk one day, hiding out from the popo because he just killed some bitch in a parking lot or something, man. I don't know. Jameis Winston, there's not, there's not something, there's something not right up there. Something, he's missing something upstairs, man. I don't know. Dude's a little off. That's for sure. The Departed, the first round ADB bust, Jay Ajay. That's ADP there, buddy. But uh, yes, Jay Ajay, huge bust. I called that from the beginning. So inconsistent. I said, I do not want to own Jay Ajay because of that inconsistency factor. I don't think anybody wants to own him ever again. Dude needs to go back and play soccer. The Dumb and Dumber. Two vastly underperforming fantasy players, Mike Evans and Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell, but yes. Mike Evans, Bilal Powell, both shit the bed. Not high on those guys this year. I did say that Mike Evans would finish as a low-end wide receiver one around wide receiver 10. Not bad. Pretty damn good call by me. I know Jeff was super high on him, had him as his number one, as his number one wide receiver. We're going to get to this on the next show we're going to release later this week when we tell you why. This is the number one fantasy football podcast you need to listen to for the best fantasy football advice. And you'll probably have the most fucking fun, to be honest with you, too, man. We're not going to make you mouse this shit up. We're going to keep it real. We're going to talk to you like regular motherfuckers. We're not going to be talking all like corporate sponsoration. Yes, guys. Well, guys, look at this. I can uh, fucking flick my pencil across the room. Ha ha. Yeah, fuck you. No, we don't do that shit. No, moving on. The General Patton Defensive Back of the Year. Rashad Jones. Rashad Jones, unbelievable season, 204 fantasy points. Just great, great season for him. 13 points clear ahead of all other safeties and other defensive backs in fantasy for 2017. The Get Shorty, best short guy performer, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, little guy, flashing speed, burst. He's just exciting, exciting guy to watch. Return, return game, run game, catching on the backfield. I like, I like Tariq Cohen. I think he's going to be the next Darren Sproles in this league. The Harry Potter sack kicker of the year, Greg Zerline. Zerline, man, throwing up that Harry Potter sack because, man, he just killed it. If he didn't miss the last game there, he could have set some records. The handicapper, most injured, J.J. Watt and Andrew Luck. Had a two-way tie on this vote here, but it's offense and defense, so we figured we let that one hang. <clears throat> Andrew Luck and J.J. Watt make the list for the most injured. No surprise. The King Dong. The Limp Biscuit. Most disappointing. Des Bryant. Des Bryant. Most disappointing. That Limp Dig Biscuit, man. ADP, late round one, early round two. Killed you. Just three awards left, guys. The Mad Max Linebacker of the Year, Bobby Wagner. Led all linebackers in fantasy points for 2017. Easy call there. Although there were some other options that were right there with him. C.J. Mosley was another one. And we've got the Defensive Player of the Year. The Golden Sack Fantasy Defensive Player of the Year, 
Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence, huge bounce back from 2016. 2017 finishes as the number one defensive lineman in fantasy football. Just excellent season by him. And now we've got the 2017 fantasy football MVP. The King Dong, the fantasy football MVP, Todd Gurley. Absolutely no doubt about it. Todd Gurley's ADP was round two. Some cases he was going as late as round three and four, which is insane. Todd Gurley, no doubt about it. Your 2017 fantasy football MVP. We've got the mailbag. Mailbag. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail with you all day, okay? Oh, shit, buddy. You gotta be kidding me. I got boxes full of... They've been asking for their mail. It's all they're talking about up there. We got some random questions sent in by you guys. We got some fantasy football questions sent by you guys. Let's get right to it. Number one. Ass or tits, man? Ryan in Colorado Springs... Colorado. Ryan, I'm an ass man all the way, brother. Number two, what's one thing you will never do again? Amy in San Diego, California. Amy, I'll tell you what. I know you'll never experience this because you don't have a penis. At least I don't believe so. Not with a name like Amy. But never, never Slice jalapenos and then go take a piss. My lordy. Jalapenos is no joke. That shit hurts like a mofo. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Although I wouldn't mind if Jeff got it, to be honest. Honestly, I can say I, I would laugh pretty hard if Jeff got a case of the jalapenos. Number three. What's your worst habit? Dan in Roslyn, New York. I vape. Enough said. I vape. I tell you. Number four. What is your favorite year and why? Mark in Springfield, Missouri. Mark, to answer that one, my favorite year is the next one. The next one. Very optimistic. Always looking forward. I don't look back. Next. What's your favorite music group, singer, or band? Trey in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Trey, I'm going Godsmack, hands down. If you have never been to a Godsmack concert, I definitely recommend you go. Those dudes put on a show. It's a freaking show, man. It's unlike anything you'll ever see. You will never replicate the energy of any other music show, whatever concert you go to, than a damn Godsmack show. That's for sure. Next, what's your favorite TV show right now? And favorite TV show of all time, Sarah in Nashville, Tennessee. Sarah, I'm going Game of Thrones. That's the only one that I'll watch right now that I actually plan to watch. I'll actually make sure my ass is home Sunday night. And my all-time favorite show, it's got to be All in the Family. That's got to be my all-time favorite. Archie Bunker. There will never be another Archie Bunker. Next. Would you feel comfortable drafting Mike Evans as your wide receiver one next season? Rick 
in Plainville, Massachusetts. Yep. I was down on him this season, but I think his value will be around wide receiver 7 to 12, somewhere in that range, which uh, to me is good enough to be my wide receiver 1 if I draft the top running back. So, if I were drafting the top 5 of the draft, and I took a stud running back like Zeke, Gurley, Bell, David Johnson, maybe maybe Kamara, although he makes me a little nervous, and we'll touch more on that later into the offseason, but I would have no problem whatsoever selecting Mike Evans towards the end of round two. Number eight, do you think Jay Ajayi will be the feature back in Philadelphia next season? Where would you draft him in redraft leagues? Carl and Champaign, Illinois. Carl, I think he will be the feature back in Philly next season. I think they're going to bring him back. Do I think he's going to be the feature back? I'm not so certain. Ajayi's definitely got needs to get work, to get a flow going for him. He's being that rhythm. But I think he sucks. I'm not a Jay Ajayi fan. I don't think he's any good. It's a lot of backs in that backfield. If I were to draft him, if I were to give him a grade, how about that? If I were to give him an ADP right now in January 2018 for the upcoming 2018 season, I would have to give him an ADP value of about round eight or nine. Number nine. As the owner of Josh Doxson and Kirk Cousins in a dynasty league, do you think Cousins returns to Washington in 2018? And if he does or doesn't, what does that mean for the progression of Josh Doxson? Tim in Lake Worth, Florida. Tim, I think Cousins is back. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I I think his one chance to leave was going to San Francisco. But now that they have Jimmy G, no reason to bring in Kirk Cousins over there. And I don't know if he's got ties to any, any other head coaches or offensive coordinators around the league, not to my knowledge. He's been in Washington for a while. He already said he would sign another tender as the franchise tag. I don't expect him to go. I think he's going to make a shitload of money to stay in Washington, and I don't think there's any reason for him to leave at this point. As for Josh Doxson, Josh Doxson, he kind of reminds me of Deshaun Jackson. I'm not crazy about Josh Doxson. I know he's got some speed. He's got potential to be a decent outside wide receiver, but at this point, I'm not willing to say he's going to be anything more than a Ted Ginn Jr. or Deshaun Jackson. Number 10. This is probably a dumb question to ask Chris, since you're probably biased, but maybe Jeff can answer this one. Well, Jeff's not here, so Jeff won't be answering this one, but uh, I will pass it along. So uh, you got me right now. What do you think Tom Brady's value is next year? Which round would you feel comfortable drafting him? And do you think Brady is still fantasy relevant? Bobby in Long Beach, California. Bobby, one thing you should know about me, my man. I don't wear these beer goggles, man. I'm not in love with players, all right? I look at it from a very unbiased perspective, all right? So let me answer this for you real quick. And then I'll let Jeff know. And when he gets back, and we'll uh, re-hit on this again. But I think Brady will be overdrafted based on his overall statistical performance in 2017. Clearly, Brady did not look very Brady-like over the last seven games of the season, even in the playoffs. Even in the playoff win against Tennessee, Brady did not look very good. The BS forward pitches that he tosses to James White and or Brandon Cooks are not exactly what you would call touchdown passes, but they count in the stat sheet. I'm not really willing to say that Brady had a hell of a game against Tennessee, even though he threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Brady does worry me for 2018. It does feel a little Peyton-esque 
you know, a decline in play late in the season. Then the following season, he shits the bed. That's how Peyton did it. Remember, Peyton had that terrific 2014 season when, uh, when you look at the numbers, he did anyway. But we saw the slip begin with the loss to the line, uh, loss to the Rams, I believe it was. That's when we saw the slip, and then they started saying it was an injury and what have you. But anyway, the following season, though, not only did the wheels come off, but the whole damn axle broke off, sending that vehicle into a fiery, fiery death. I don't think Brady's drop is going to be as bad as Peyton. I think Brady's numbers will be around, I'd say, somewhere between 28 touchdowns, 9 picks, 4,500 yards. Because he's still going to be a top 10 guy. There's no doubt about it. But he's not going to be at the top end of that. He's not going to be a top 5 guy. At least I don't I don't believe so. He's going to be 41 years old starting next season. I don't, I don't think that's... I'd be worried to draft Tom Brady. I'll say that right now. Number 11. Rank these three quarterbacks in redraft for 2018. Carson Wentz. Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Pat Mahomes, Mike in Akron, Ohio. All right, Mike, I'm going to go five to one here for you, all right? Number five, I'm going to say Pat Mahomes. He's just an unknown at this point. He is going to be the starter, but I do worry. I would not take him, obviously, for obvious reasons. We've never seen the guy play. All right, number four, I'm going to put Carson Wentz in there, but only because he tore his ACL so late in the season last year. And right now, who knows when the hell he's going to be ready to go. Now, if this question were pertaining to Dynasty, Carson Wentz is my number one. No doubt about it. Number three, I got Jerry Goff. Number two, Deshaun Watson. And my number one, Jimmy Garoppolo. Freaking love Jimmy. Number 12, as of now, January 2018, who are your top five players at each position? Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense for the 2018 season. Manny in Brooklyn, New York. All right, Manny, in no particular order, man, I'll just give you some, I'll give you five names each position that I really like for 2018. For quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo. Call me crazy, man, but I think this is January we're in. So, of course, it'll change. I don't have Cam in my top five, at least not yet. Still a lot to be seen at free agency, OTAs, preseason, training camps. But for right now, those are my five right now. Running backs. This is the easiest one, I think, here. At least the top four for sure. My top five would be Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and I'm thinking Alvin Kamara. Although I'm a little concerned about Kamara, and we'll talk about that more in the offseason as well. Wide receivers. Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas. My tight ends, just going with the standard guys here. Rob Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram, Greg Olson. And my top five defenses as of now for 2018. Got to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to also go with the L.A. Rams, the Baltimore Ravens, the L.A. Chargers, and the Detroit Lions. I like Matt Patricia going there. I think it's a good move by them. Next one. And this is the last one here. Can you throw out a few sleepers and busts to watch out for in 2018? I know it's way too early to think about that, but I want to keep my eye on the players you mentioned here. Sean in Omaha, Nebraska. All right, Sean, here's the gist of it, man. I worry about Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. If Teddy Bridgewater enters 2018 as the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings... That's going to become a fantasy wasteland. That's going to be a fucking nightmare for fantasy owners. Bridgewater, is, to me, is nothing more than a basic-ass game manager. 
I just don't think he's a very good quarterback. And I think it's going to affect the whole offense. He just, uh, I hope they don't make him the start. I really hope not. Moving on. Tyreek Hill is another guy that concerns me a lot with Pat Mahomes, who should be the starter in KC in 2018. I don't think they're going to bring Alex Smith back in that $14-plus million salary cap hit. I worry about drafting Tyreek Hill right now because his value, his ADP value is going to be high. It's going to be high. And with an unproven quarterback whom Andy Reid might take it slow with, I think Kelsey will be fine regardless. But I worry about Tyreek Hill right now. Some sleepers to get to here. I'm really intrigued by Deontay Foreman. I really believe, and God, I hope, that the Lamar Miller experiment is over in Houston. Derek Carr is another guy I like. That's going to go late in drafts. I think John Gruden can help him out, work out some things, because Carr looked great two years ago. Just really down here for the whole Raiders team this past year. Kenyon Drake is a guy that I love. I think he's going to be a top five, uh, excuse me, top 12 fantasy running back for 2018. And one more I'll throw out there right now, T.Y. Hilton. If Andrew Luck is back and healthy, I like T.Y. Hilton a lot. And I think his ADP is going to take a significant hit in 2018 based on this past season's production. And he could be a steal. Could be a steal. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Gave you the 2017 The Flex Fantasy Football Podcast Award winners. Recapped some of that this past weekend's games. Gave you a little sneak peek at the preview upcoming for later this week for Championship Sunday. Submit all questions to questions at fantasysportsstudios.com or email the show at theflex at fantasysportsstudios.com. Please subscribe to the show. Please leave us a review. We will talk to you guys very soon to break down the dynasty format, the League of Leagues, our league of record. Till then, guys. See ya! Thank you for listening to another episode of The Flex. Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play Music. Visit FantasySportsStudios.com to get your fantasy sports fix and interact with the show. Email the show at The Flex at FantasySportsStudios.com.